nodding in and out of smiles like an archaeopteryx comedian. And need to stop drinking out the same water I'm puking in. Like a box of matches in a world of lighters, I'm a loser. Occasional robotic bloodhound, fully employed boozer. A story with no plot, a puppet without yeah. a magician. Are you one to like judge like PBR and like Miller Lite and that kind of stuff? I'll drink it if it's there. Like you're, if it's so you're that. not like a beer snob? No, nah, I'm not a snob. I just, if I choose, I'll choose IPA. Like, we get free beer at the garage. You should go someday if you haven't. The garage would be sweet. I've heard I, about the garage, but I've never there. actually gone. <laughs> yeah, and I live there now. Not to you get live too there. much or whatever, but we have a brewer or two now that are going to be bringing us beer. One from Ex Novo, Devin Rivera, brings us all the almost fills. So they're almost filled, but they like can't sell them. Got so we it. just have like boxes and then the marble one of the marble guys might start bringing us beer nice that sounds like the hookup yeah that sounds pretty awesome <laughs> met a lot of brewery people absolutely guys welcome to another episode of escaping tyranny i'm joined along uh a f- i'm actually super excited i'm a huge fan of carla vasquez Hi. and she's our next guest so Snips. carla Hello. cheers cheers thank you we're for recording yes we're, yeah. we're up and running he's like we're doing this mm. oh man i appreciate you having me really yeah. uh you saying you're a fan i'm like it's uh, interesting to be at, you know, far enough where like the newer people are like, you know, yeah, because I was there, you know, not that long ago. Yeah, it um, I, I just to give everyone like a brief like backstory. Uh, the second time I had ever gone to an open mic, it was gonna be the first time like I had gone up essentially. Um, I remember going, and it wasn't like my first time. The first time I went, I only got to like watch like three people. I had to be up early the next day for work, right. and um, it was crazy because like I went and. Like, there was, like, the first three people, four people, and no one was really, like, super funny. And yeah. I was like, okay. Like, you know, open mics can can be like that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. I was like, well, I'll go to the next one. And also that first one, I think there was, like, 20 people there total at Inside Out. Yeah, that was one of the biggest mics when you started, I guess. It, it was, was. It was great. Insane. Yeah. There were so people many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can fit a lot of people, and it, like, has no roof, so technically it's kind of outside. So. You're right. <laughs> it <laughs> was insane because it was – completely different from the first time i'd mm-hmm. seen an open mic i was like oh my gosh and i think you were like the third person to go and i died laughing and i was like Aww. fuck like how do i like how does anyone like top that i thought you were just Damn. insanely like talented i appreciate that yeah and i uh yeah i've been going at it hard for like a little over two years a little over two years yeah what was like the dis- like what was the factor because like for me i've always just I, I thought looking at stand-up is fun, and mm. I, um, I'm i a huge fan of it. Like, I'm a nerd of stand-up. Yes. What was it like for you? Why did you? Why was stand-up uh, something you wanted to try? Kind of the same. Um, growing up in a really funny family, uh, everybody's funny on both sides. And my grandpa even recently was like, why did you like, why'd you do comedy? Like, what made you do that? I was like, well, we're all funny. Somebody had to try it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I had done some theater, but then growing up watching a lot of Saturday Night Saturday Night Live, a lot of Seinfeld in the house, um, and just a lot of stand-up comedy, and then branching off in high school and just watching all kinds of comedy from all walks. And I think secretly, always in high school, I kind of figured I maybe someday I'd try it, but I got in my own way for a long time and got nervous, and so I didn't start till I was 33, yeah. <laughs> I guess. So, yeah, um, but yeah, when I did, I was just like, what took me so long? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how old are you? I, I'm 26. I just oh, turned 26. Age, just start. Yeah, I, um, I've been binging some of your episodes because like, when mm. you first came out with it, I was Same. like... As soon as as soon as your like episode came out, I was listening to it. Like Shit. as soon as like November to December was like the wildest time 
for like work for me. So like I didn't really listen to a lot of podcasts or anything. So I'm like catching up and uh, I listened to like Jared's episode of listening. I'm just now listening to Jake's as well. Jake was really wild. (laughs) He is wild. And I don't know Jake very well either. I've seen him and um, I don't know. I I just uh, I like appreciate everyone. uh, But yeah, I I owe you that. Thank you. Because you're very approachable. It's very yeah. easy to talk to and you're very encouraging too. So I appreciate oh, no. every bit of that. Yeah. And it's all, I feel like, I mean, it's, it was hard when I started and I wanted that, I guess, from people. So not that I like do it out of just everybody. I'm like, you're great. Keep going, right. whatever. But I initially saw something in you and maybe it was your first time. I was like, he writes, like he cares about this. And you can see you weren't just like, I'm going to get up and impress people yeah. with my, you know, like I could tell you care about the art form of it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I was just like, I got to tell this kid, like, keep going because yeah. you never know. Sometimes like it's that thing, like even a, a word somebody says to me about a show or something. I'm like, oh, man, I was having a rough day and that really yeah. needed that. And so, yeah, I mean it. But it's also, yeah, giving love to people who. Giving flowers, I guess, on the beach. Yeah, giving they're talking, flowers. Giving flowers. Yeah. Exactly. That, uh, and that, I think that, like, goes for most of the comedians, uh, comics here in Albuquerque. I feel like people are very genuine when they say it. And I yeah. feel like that's a huge compliment when someone, um, comes up to you and says you're funny. Um, yes, yeah, it, for sure. It just feels amazing. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It's, it's so interesting because, like, you, you would think that, like, the laughs would be, perfect like that would be just enough but to hear someone else who is like extremely funny say it is yes. incredible somebody yeah fans whatever that's cool but when another comedian says it you're just yeah like, oh snaps what like even my friend um dropping him going neil rubenstein uh he was just here last night just on his way from oklahoma city to a uh, tour in in california for a bit and he's originally a new york comedian and just you know was in the scene with everybody he's been doing about seven years and I did a couple of shows with him, and then we ended up going to Clovis together, doing a show and all these things. And for him to believe in me in that way when I was so new, and he's constantly on the road, I'm just like, oh, snaps. He's opening up for Motion City Soundtrack soon, if you ever heard of that really? band. Because he just tour managed them, and now he's doing comedy. I digress. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> tangent. My no, ADD conti- takes over. <laughs> continue to tangent. That's, that's yeah, the basis really of the show. But yeah, it's really nice when somebody's like, hey, I want to be your friend, and you seem like a cool person, and you're funny. I'm just like, what? Yeah. Um, cause you finally feel seen for what you kind of, I guess, felt inside a little bit. Like yeah. A twinkling, like, I think I can do this. Right. And then, yeah. Then it, it. It's also so interesting because like everyone, in my opinion, feels as if they, or I shouldn't say everyone, that's, that's such a broad brush, but friends of mine or whoever, I've heard it from people I've like grown up with or whatever. They, they're, they're like, I want to try it. And I'm like, then, then try it. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's tough, but just because you're funny and like conversation and like comedy is so different. Mm-hmm. It is so insanely different. Yes. You think like, oh, I can just go up. Like I, I've had um, friends that, you know, we, we joked around before I even tried stand up and they're like, oh, like if I had to, if I had to go to an open mic, if I lost a bet or whatever, mm-hmm. like I would just tell my funniest story. And I'm like, well, tell me your funniest story. Mm-hmm. And a lot of time, like you see, like they try to laugh first and they try to like, get, it's like to write and to like, it's I just think it's so impressive when someone gets up and can just make a stranger laugh. That's yes. what you have to do. Yeah, and not your friends. At first when I was going out, a lot of my friends were coming out, like my non-comedian friends. Yeah. And now they're like, we get it. You do comedy every night. And right. <laughs> we'll show up once in a while. Um, but 
yeah, the um, getting up and writing. There's so many people that will just try and be like, I want to impress my friends, get up there, just tell a story with no tags, no thinking of where it's going, no plan. And there's a big difference. And I think good comedy, you make it, you write it well, but you make it seem like it's the first time you ever said it or like it just came to your head. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's that illusion. So it takes that. And, and there's some people who are very shy who once they get on stage, they pop, you know? Um, Karen Carson, pretty reserved person. But yes. on stage, she is like magnanimous, like amazing. Um, a lot of energy. Even like Kurt Fletcher, very friendly, one-on-one. Yep. Great to talk to. But when he gets on stage, he just like commands it, you know, even if he's an introvert at heart. Right. So, it really, it doesn't just take a wild, funny person, like you said, to do it. Um, and then, yeah, it takes care of the craft, uh, especially because at first people are like, I wrote a first set. And then they're like, oh, snaps, I got to keep writing stuff. Oh, my gosh. It yeah. has to keep growing from here. Like, I, I kind of got into that, like, rhythm. And I, like, I need to go more often. Um, and I've actually written more now. When when I first started, I was like, I'm going to just keep writing these three jokes. And I it felt like at one point I was like, I have told like my my hot mom joke so many times, right? Like I've I've said I'm like, okay, I need to like I need to keep branching out or like the thing that frustrates me is like I and I did it myself just being lazy is just continuing to tell that joke the same way. Right. It, it worked. Yeah. So I just kept doing it. Yeah. And it's like, well, I don't know if any other ways is, is funny. You like, can maybe get a bigger laugh if you say it slightly different. Right. And that really is the nuances is everything. Even word choice, um, obviously timing and, you know, trimming the fat and just the inflection of how you say things. I When I first started... I very much like held the mic with two hands, like very like, I'm, I don't know, like yeah. gripping onto it and, and laughing a lot as I was saying the joke. Right. Like you were saying, I was like, haha, like, come on on this ride. Yeah. And, but it was a nervous laughter. And so it was kind of messing up my rhythm. So now I have to say it, you know, without the like pandering of like, laugh at this. You yeah. know, you have to say it straight and let them figure out the funny for themselves. Absolutely. Because a lot of people like, they like to be led to it, but then they like to be like, oh, I discovered it. Just yeah. like discovering the twist of like a movie. Right. You're just like, oh shit. Like, yeah. that's exciting. I so. could have, I could have seen it going that way, but mm -hmm. I didn't. Like, mm -hmm. that wasn't like the first thing I thought of. I think that's a great way to put it. Like, or almost like in a scary movie, you think like the killer's in this room. Yeah. But then, like the camera flashes, and this is what's funny. Yes, this is this is the the point of that mm -hmm. joke. What what is like your writing process? Like, how do you get into like creativity, or is there like spurts of it for you? Yes, to the latter for sure. Right now, I'm starting to get back into the writing new premises and like premises and things. But I go through like three week to month phases every like few months where I feel like I'm not. I can't think of anything funny. And for a minute, my mind panics. Like, I'm never going to be able to write another joke. Uh, and then slowly, not, you know, starts coming. But during those times is when I like to tell the jokes that I want to work on more, like figure out the premises I had been writing and really flush those out or, you know, try old jokes with new jokes and Frankenstein those together. Um, and then I start writing again. Um, a lot of it happens at mics, to be honest. I... I will write a premise or something really quickly and then I might kind of work it out more. The Garage has been really great for that because we even have cards of, uh, against humanity on stage yeah. that you can pull out and kind of rip off of if you don't have anything. Sure. Um, and there it's really you know fun. Everybody's very supportive um, and paying attention. But there I've come up with some of like 
my best shit in a way. Um, but the writing, I do, mm, every now and then I really try to force myself to go to like a coffee shop or a park, depending on the weather, or like a pub, like pub, where am I, English? Right, yeah, a yeah. fucking brewery. <laughs> <laughs> so New Mexico, we have breweries everywhere. Exactly. Um, so I just go to the brewery and like get a beer and try to like write out stuff. Um, and I record, long story short, I record everything audio on my phone and fucking recently, dude. I was trying to instill some, like, put apps in and mm. clear space, and I erased 350 audio recordings from the mm. past two years. How long do you think each one of those are, like, on average? <sighs> on average, they were all mostly open mic, so, like, five minutes or so. Um, but I do have sets on there that are, like, 20 minutes. Uh, I have, like, mm. a 30-minute set. And those were important because those are the things that, like, I do write on paper and I do write in my phone and notes, but those were actually, like, figuring them out stage so I can go back and then write like what I'd figured out down. So I'd sit at a coffee shop, listen to that, write down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What, how do you feel? Like, what's your, did I answer that properly? I don't no, know. absolutely. <laughs> I, I don't, well, that's like, that's the other thing about like standup I've seen as well. I've, I've had, and granted, like, so I think like total, I've gone to like 12 open mics. Like, I don't think I've, mm -hmm. I've gone nearly as, as much as I should or I want to, right? Just get busy and then I, I make excuses like I'm just lazy but you'll get there but the fact that you're yeah. writing still is awesome I and I I think that's my important. I think it's my favorite part of it and and like I I write almost I I didn't realize I did this um until I tried comedy the first time was that I write like I'm saying it mm -hmm. I want people to read it in my voice yes yeah. I want people to go I could literally hear you saying this in my head as I read this. And that's super important, too, that you say that. And I've never thought about it in that way. But it is like you do want to say it like yourself. Yep. Because when you're yourself on stage and when you're not, people can tell. Yep. And the audience really connects with people who are just they can tell are being genuine on stage. And right. They're not putting on airs or a facade or something. And so, yeah, that's interesting to say it. Like, I'm just, yeah, and, I like that. And, like, I, I've seen a lot of people who are like, oh, I use bullet points or I do this or that. I literally will write it down mm -hmm. verbatim how I want to say it. Mm -hmm. Like, I want I want to feel, okay, if I hit that punchline right there, would that be the way mm -hmm. I would say that? Yes, it's exactly how I want that. And, and, of course, right, like, you, just because that's the way you want to say it right then doesn't mean that's yeah. going to work. Because you can figure out the beats later. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, like, mainly um, – you know, I, as I like go throughout my day, whatever I think is funny, I type down on my phone because yeah, and, and I tell, yeah. And I tell everyone, I'm like, if I don't do it right, then mm -hmm. I will forget it. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. I used Absolutely. to think like, I'll remember this later. I'll remember it. Even now I'll be trying to go to sleep when I'm in my like writing times. Mm -hmm. I'm just sleeping and then something funny pops in my head. I'm so comfortable. But yep. then I have to turn over and put it in my phone notes or else I'm going to forget it. it and won't, the next day it I'll won't. be so mad that I, it, yeah, it won't stick. Yeah. <laughs> it absolutely will leave you. Mm -hmm. um, and it, and it's, I've done it several times and I still continue to do it. I'm way better about not allowing myself to do that. But, um, you know, it, it, it will. It will absolutely leave me. So I type everything down on my phone and. Smart. Some stuff are like one-liners. Um, I don't mm -hmm. feel necessarily super comfortable with one-liners um, yet. I guess right. I, that may come with time, but yeah. And you figure out who you. It's good to be a well-rounded comedian, I think, and try sure. everything. But it's also important to fit in the kind of comedian that you are that naturally fits. And right. I know at first I would try some one-liners, and for me, I mean, it doesn't have to work for you, but uh, 
I end up later realizing that some of those fit in these stories yes. that I'm telling, and you can kind of wedge those in here and there. Yes. Um, which is good, which is good that you write those down because later you're like, wait, what was that thing yeah. I wrote about this I, stupid I really thing? Like, like, yeah, I really like how mm-hmm. that fit into this story. It's fun. Yeah, comedy's fun. And if you're like a thinker, which it seems like you are, mm-hmm. and if you're in your head a lot anyway, like, yeah. like I am, it's um, just a better activity than your brain, like, like my, I feel like my mental health has gotten better since I started comedy. Really? Yeah, it's just I less worrying in my brain. I'll I'll focus it on comedy more things with that uh, than just like stupid anxieties. <laughs> so sure. Like it it fills that space. Do for you me. do you feel as if when you write that like maybe what you're thinking because you're trying to think in like a funny sense that it alleviates like the stress of what. Uh, or some anxiety i'm not saying it cures anxiety but it just oh no it does it helps to say things out loud like that Mm -hmm. it's weird because it's sometimes things that i wouldn't really even tell a close friend but i can say on stage and it's almost in a way more anonymous because i'm not yeah it's less vulnerable i mean for me because it's not a one-on-one like staring one person in the eye whatever it's more of like uh, you know, I'm just putting this out there in the universe, yeah. and maybe somebody relates out there. Right. Like my first set, which I said before, my whole first set was at a Founders Speakeasy, and I did five minutes of dead mom jokes because, <laughs> yeah, and I still pull out some of those. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. every one that I did in that still works. So I was like, damn, okay, I was good at the beginning writing at least. Like sure. my head's gone, whatever, and I've gotten better at other things. But those jokes I can pull out in different. I'm not gonna do five minutes straight sure. anymore because that's a lot. But even uh, <laughs> remember even Josh Fournier being like. Man, I haven't heard that many dead parrot jokes all in a row, but that like worked. Like, yeah. Because I would make them think it like was going somewhere else and be like, "Bam, a dead mom again." Like, I, uh, who do you like think, or like who do you look at, uh, just in like the small circle like that Albuquerque has, which is now not that small. It seems like it's getting bigger. Yeah, it's getting way bigger. Mm-hmm. I look at Josh Fournier. Maybe I'm biased because I'm I'm from Farmington as well. They're not uh, biased. <laughs> he is so funny. He dude. Two weeks in, I was like, no offense, but I think you'll be the first. Like two weeks into me seeing him in comedy because I was yeah. out every night, every mic. I hit the ground running. He was there, and I remember saying like, I don't mean to say this in an offensive way, but you're gonna be the first native on Netflix. I think, and I meant sure. that as a thing, and I feel that like. You have he has that star quality to him. He does, and he's just so good on stage. Yeah, like he's just so commanding and um, intriguing and enthralling, and like commands the attention. Like him and and Zach Abate, that were two of the first ones I saw yeah. at open mic, and I was like, oh shit, we have talent here. Like, yeah, I was. And no offense to everybody else, but I was like, these guys I could see on TV right now. They're different. You know? um, they're very very uh yeah they stand out to me and that's why they get you know a lot of tours and they work really hard to they, yeah they get. You, you can tell it is not like it's not a hobby it's not Mm-mm. like they are they are They're, dedicated yes. those are people i look at look up to like for sure and uh yeah josh used to drive six hours round trip just to come to a mic one mic every night like he would come every night six hour round trips yeah like seven days a week and i was like what the fuck like yeah. this guy is going hard yeah just um, committed yeah and that's it yeah it makes me think i'm like okay where's my commitment and i've been slacking lately i'll say that yeah. for sure especially with like self-promotion and social media and um things like that but uh i think i was focusing so hard on the writing and now i just need to combine it all together and yeah. realize that that's a part of it <laughs> you you crack me up because like even in your intro to your podcast where it's like you're not good at technology <laughs> like i love the self-awareness but like 
is there any part of you that's like, okay, like I really need to learn this or is it still like, is it a goof for you or? I need to learn it, but my head, it's, so if I sat alone with a computer in a room and somebody like didn't give me the pressure of doing so, I could figure it out. Like I'm I'm smart and I can like, you know, whatever. I used to take apart things and put them back to like, I like that stuff, but the stress of it somehow, I don't know if I have a fear because I was like a Y2K kid. Like I was mm-hmm. like 14, 15 when Y2K happened. I was like, technology is going to like ruin everything. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had these impending doom, like uh, recurring, but like, like moving on dreams of a story of my whole childhood of like technology is crashing and then people, all this horrible stuff with it. And it's all kind of coming true right now. And so I don't know if there's a stupid thing inside me. And then also, which I might think on my next solo episode, we're going to go through Carla's, uh, my speaking third person. Um, we're going to th- go through my old Facebook from when I was just like teens, 20s, emo ass kid. And I think I was so embarrassed about things I posted in the past. And maybe they're not embarrassing. And I got to let be nicer to myself and, and remember that's a different me in a way. Um, but I want to go through that and just kind of get over that fear. I think there's something holding me with the technology. I think I can do it. I think I just have some sort of defiance right now or like fear. I yeah. Don't know. It's do you, weird. Do you anxiety. feel like there's anything like, like my, what I'm sensing is that it's not anything that you said back then that would just be like offensive, but it's stuff back then that you're just, you would be embarrassed of. Is that accurate? a little bit? Yeah. Okay. A little vulnerable, but then okay. again, I'm a different person now and sure. I'm on stage sharing all this vulnerability. So I don't, I'm still trying to figure out in me where those puzzle pieces fit as far as like, this doesn't make sense right now. This is yeah. so contradictory. Sure. And I I feel like I'm always um, in the gray area of life. Like I feel like I'm a, kind of an indecisive person. And I also am a good mediator because I can see both sides of a lot of things. I don't see things very well in black and white. It's a lot of gray area for me. Sure. So um, yeah, in my own life, it's just like, you could do this or do this. And I don't it's just yeah. like student little small anxieties. Uh, I mean, like, that's fair. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't see that as, as dumb. It's just, it's interesting um, because I, I, I'm the same way in, in some aspects. Like, I will talk to my buddies and I'm super vulnerable there. And, mm-hmm. I did, and then, you know, I have certain qualms meeting other people. But, like, on the podcast, like, I don't give a shit about who listens to this. Like, I'm completely I- me. I really, I feel like I've gotten to know you better through your podcast, honestly. Awesome. <laughs> That's just like, beyond the whatever, because like, you are very open and, yeah, you, you speak very openly and, like, without nerves seeming, like, you don't seem like you're just like, hi, I'm doing a podcast yeah. today, you know, like, I'm tuning yeah. Like, it's very genuine and I like it. Um, but, yeah, that vulnerability is, is hard in all of it. But then, again, with the even the comedy, Mark Marin probably heard me say this before is like mark marion uh said there's part of a comedian for a true comedian that lives on stage that lives nowhere else and that moment when they say your name and you grab that mic like you turn on no matter if you had a bad day whatever it was like you something comes out of you that just like goes up there um and i very much i guess feel that way so um again i digress (laughs) (laughs) i'm all over the place no i i absolutely love it i uh I, I yeah, I think that you've got a good thing going with your podcast right now. Larry's and amazing. Shout out to Larry. How Jamie. did you find Larry? That's Dude, that's my question. I think this is my- <laughs> that's awesome to have a producer. I another thing going back to the social media for all these things. I let Larry down and know that he might hear this. So apologies to Larry. Um, he is such a hardworking, talented person with all the tech and stuff. Um, 
And I think I have fears of being my best self. I have a lot of imposter syndrome. Uh, so I think, yeah. And then having somebody else rely on me, I think sometimes I cave a little bit mentally about it. Oh, that's the first time I've ever really said that. Hey, uh, here we ooh. go. Yeah. <laughs> I've never really said that to Larry. I hope you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, so I was, the story of Larry and I is I, um, in like March of 2020 or something, yeah, 2021, March of 2021. Around there, I, I hit up the podcast because they had had, uh, I think, Steph Darnell and Sarah Kennedy on the BS show, uh, mm. the Buck D and Six show. Shout out to those guys. And Larry produces it. And there's some topic on the on the thing where he was like, I need to talk to more like queer comedians in town or LGBTQ comedians. And I was like, hey, let me know. I'll come yeah. on. And he's like, oh, for reals? And I knew Buck D from a um, Ultimate Comedy Fight Club we did together that Six Sun pits on. It's kind of like a roast battle, but a lot like, different. Okay. Um, it's kind of like more joke for joke than a roasty. But we ended up roasting each other. So I knew him a little bit and uh, went on. And just good chemistry was really fun. Uh, and Larry seemed to like, like me. I got along with him. And he hit me up maybe three weeks later. And my you know, messages. And he was like, hey, do you have a podcast? And I was like, no. He's like, have you ever thought of starting one? I was like, yeah, but I don't know. I literally, if you look back, I was like, but I suck at technology. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, I got you on that if you want to, you know, talk about it. So we yeah. like had a meeting on because it was still COVID time, so we you know met on like whatever Zoom or something. Sure. Um, and then we just started getting getting going. And man, he is so talented. Um, he records a lot of things in town. He'll be doing some wrestling recording. I there's some wrestling league here. Really? Yeah, like okay. like WWE style wrestling. That he seems like that creating. type of person to have because he he was a DJ at a strip club, correct? That was like yeah, or at Grams. Or, Maybe it's a strip club too. He's been a yeah. Okay. He's DJ and then a KJ like a karaoke. Okay. Jockey. Yeah. God. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was right. At uh, okay. So he like. He just seems interesting, and it. I, I've never. I don't think I've ever met him. Um, mm, he's elusive as well. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, and he may have been at some open mics or at some shows or something. I've probably seen him, sure. but um, I again, I, like back to like feeling like I know someone now. You know, I, I feel like I've gotten to know Larry just yeah. in the podcast as well. Yes, Larry. Yeah, and you'll get to meet him tomorrow. Okay, uh, Carla V thinks out, out. Carla V. I can't even say my yeah. fucking show name. <laughs> Carla V thinks out loud. Wednesday, 6 p.m. Anywhere Moving. you stream, but I do suggest YouTube. You can okay. comment and things. Um, but You're moving to Mondays, though. Moving to Mondays March. in March. But yeah, okay. you're going to be on tomorrow. When is this? Are we live? Are we airing? We're, we're not live. This okay. is just, um, this will come out Friday. So, Friday, cool. Okay, yeah. so go back after you hear this yeah. and listen <laughs> yeah. to Wednesday's episode, February 16th with Tyranny. Um, but yeah, we'll have you on. You'll actually get to meet Larry. Everybody's always like... He's so elusive, and he does show up to like roast battles and the yeah. gong shows and things, and does some recording and stuff. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, can I? I can ask you more about this tomorrow, but on here because I'm doing the roast battle soon. So you okay. said I commend because yeah. you said you only did twelve open mics ish, and yeah. then, but then you like threw yourself into a roast battle. Yeah. And uh, that's something that I was intimidated by for a while, and I think honestly hearing about you and I didn't I wasn't there for that one that's the one I missed but I did hear on your podcast the jokes you told yeah. and I was like oh this was great and you didn't even know the dude I didn't like, know that the dude at all was so commendable and um so it's like you and then Jared just went in I'm like oh it just takes like good writing I Jared don't have to be like is, a roaster because I'm not a roaster no and Jared that, Ostrom is 
Well, and that's the thing too is uh, Jared, again, like, I don't know why I keep explaining your podcast. Go listen to Carla's podcast. Yeah, like, Carla it's, V it's thinks a, out loud. <laughs> Carla V thinks out loud. Carla I listen on see. Spotify. Do you not have it on Apple Podcasts? No, we're figuring out that right now. That's like okay. the only thing we don't have, I think. I was about to say, yeah. it's uh, <laughs> Larry and I had a meeting phone. Meeting phone? Phone yeah. meeting the other day. <laughs> God damn it, Carly, I can speak. You got it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm the same way though. Like uh when I, I heard Jared say that that he's not a mean person, like I'm I'm not naturally mean as well. Mm-hmm. Like I I was in Scottsdale this last weekend with my uh my mom um at a bar watching the Super Bowl. I got thrown out of the bar. What? Still have no idea how I got thrown out of the bar or Were like you, why. You drunk? I was drunk. I was very intoxicated. Uh maybe over the limit but can they but but like but to like throw you out from intense yeah it was it was weird um not not to get like into too many of the details but like i was still coherent i knew what was going on and i don't think i was being disrespectful to anyone or anything like that i still think they might have mistook me for someone else but yeah yeah, yeah. there was like two guys like forcing me out like it wasn't like a hey man you've had too much you need to go it seemed like they thought they knew who you were and you're yeah like, i don't fucking know you yeah, yeah and i and i like even as i was being like walked out like i was just asking questions and i had my hands up i wasn't like trying to i don't know but even then in a, in a moment where i feel like i probably could have like it's just not in my nature i don't like conflict like i don't yeah. i'm not i'm not big on that so uh-huh. right, i have yeah. trouble just like standing up for myself yeah and the conflict yeah. thing is is hard i'm not really a roaster I'm more of a honey roaster yeah I told jared because me and him were like whatever maybe self-professed a little bit but like we're always the most apologetic and too nice yep and like in the group they're like god stop i feel like just like a doormat all the time and i think yep. it's weird because i think people see me or i've heard that they're like i thought i was like intimidated by you i didn't know how to pro-. i'm like i'm pretty i'm like overly nice actually let's yeah what's saying um but yeah jared's such a good writer and that's really i think such what it takes writer. so i gotta really hone in on my writing because i mean i want to i understand you know what makes a good joke and all of that in right. the writing i'm doing what caleb mulkey wanted which is me and courtney foster roasting each okay. other okay that'll be fun be interesting but yeah uh i'm pretty uh, another thing though with the roast battles and the gong shows because i'll be on the gong show on the 23rd i'll be honest with you i think that intimidates me more really i think so roast battles are way scarier you think so oh yeah okay because I think it's uh, even a closer highlight on your jokes because it's back and forth between two people. And Gong Show, well, and I think in both in a way, are um, for anybody who's on it or is there, I think as a comedian, you have to just be a part of the show. Yeah. Because it's a big, fun, a lot of good energy, a lot of just wildness. Yes. And if you have too much of like a sour puss about it or too much about like your feelings in it, like you're not going to do a you're not going to do well if you put too much pressure on yourself and b you're going to like ruin the vibe of the show if you're like a sourpuss and like you know sore loser so i just think you know if anything i'm a sore like i'm a bad winner sure like i even growing up like i was kind of very shy when was pretty smart and good in sports and whatever and would win things and i felt almost like apologetic to everybody else who didn't like i was like sorry like yeah i'm sorry it won yeah <laughs> and i would just like shrink down and be like no um so that's something yeah confidence self-esteem uh, yeah. <laughs> let's do this Widow, throwing out more names that we talked about josh sorry i'm all taking over mm. josh fournier and zach abeta um other people in the game right now for sure like uh jess wood is one of my favorite people on earth um she's so funny she's she's incredible crazy funny and just uh, has been in this 
like seen in big the biggest two places for comedy she's done it for in both places like at least 10 years each LA and New York and just all of her advice and things and her believing in me I was just like that gave me a lot of confidence to it and her just showing me what a really healthy female friendship is because I'm kind of a guy's girl and nothing against women I just I guess I gravitate more towards the male psyche and I'm just more of a tomboy in that way. But, and girls make me nervous because I'm like, I have to keep them happy all the time yeah. and just like, ah, their needs. And that's why I date more men than women. Um, sure. But yeah, so like Jess is one, uh, Amory Castillo's in town. Uh, Kurt Fletcher for sure is a great, amazing joke writer. Uh, Steph Darnell, another bomb one. I know I'm forgetting. I mean, Tyler Lovely for sure, but I'm thinking of like the older, you know, like sure, the older they, class yeah. of the ones that I look, because I'm more in the class of like the Tylers, the Jared Lo- uh, Ostroms, and um, I'm forgetting William Willier, all the people, you know. There's yeah. a lot of us now. Damn. There's so many Dude, people. And when I started, there were like four females. Yeah. That did it, con- like maybe seven. And now I think there's like 15 of us, which is amazing. Incredible, yeah. And there's, and not that I'm like, yeah, female, con- but sure. I had to like even have a whole come to about, because, you know, sometimes I feel a bit non-binary, but I'm like, whatever, I would be, if I was a boy or a girl, I would be probably the same person. Um, but I, it was really kind of almost like a feminine, feminine empowerment when I became a comedian, because I did, it was very in your face. Like, you're a woman on stage doing this. I was like, oh, shit, I guess I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. And then having to kind of not deal with that, but understand that in approaching comedy and sort of thinking, like, remembering, oh, they might, cheat. but then also trying to step over those boundaries of, like, yeah, this is what the females talk about. Sure. And this is the, yeah. Try to be in the middle. I don't feel like I cater to either gender. I think I, if it's kind of to everybody, hopefully. I I feel that way for sure. I the thing that, the thing that I tell people like tell anyone that I love about comedy because you know I I like female comedians. It's not an issue whatsoever. My thing is no matter what, be funny. Yes. If you're if you're oh funny, my God, yeah. People don't even think about like. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think of Gabriel Iglesias as a Hispanic comedian or right. Latino comedian like. He's just a comedian. Yeah. I think of Whitney Cummings as a comedian. comedian. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't look and go like, oh, like uh, I don't have that label. And they're I, funny. It's so great now that I think, um, even just as a, a fan of comedy, I think that's shifted a lot in recent times. Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's after. I don't know. Somewhere in the like two thousands, I feel like uh, women were more empowered in this scene. It was no longer like, oh, I guess we gotta fill the quota and throw a woman on the show. It was like we gotta have women headliners. We have like all women show, and it's like not e- in your face, men. We're doing this. It's like no, we're part of like we're equals now, and not yeah. that felt. Like, you know, I feel like some people before and more back in the day, people were like, females aren't funny. Like yeah, uh, whatever. That's a that's a shallow. Um, uneducated view yeah and they probably have a bad sense of humor if they say that so <laughs> yeah and it's it's so weird though because like you do see that in general in people mm-hmm. you like someone goes up and and immediately they just have like a bias about them for whatever reason um and they just go they're not funny like mm-hmm. it's just part of the stereotype it's like no like you didn't receive their jokes at all either yeah you know yeah. i think i think that's unfair as well Yes, I think there are some people that just like, oh, I don't like what they're wearing, what their face looks like, so I'm just going to shut off their... 
And I didn't mean it in a bad way, but on the no. podcast with Jared, I asked him, I was like, being like just like a white man, you know, like what is that different? I felt, I felt like, your hesitation in that. Yeah. And I did, but I'm like, why am I stepping on these like whatever? I really wonder that because that's the new group that's like, you know, in the social media and whatever for being like the shitty one, the Karens and the white men, with cisgendered white men. Yeah. So I just wondered if at this point, if people were just like mm, another white man on stage trying to tell his joke, you know? Yeah. Um, which I, is, I just wonder from different perspectives. I don't know. I, I think just listening to Jared, because um, I didn't I didn't get that that vibe at all from him. But again, just like listening to him, I mean, he, he just goes up and – he says some of the most wild shit I've oh, ever heard. Oh, Jerry's so he's and he's so good. He's so wacky, but he says it in his very own voice and style, and just very yeah. straightforward. And his voice—if I heard his Jared's voice anywhere in the whole world from another room, I'd be like, "Jared Ostrom's here!" <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like he has a very like distinctive voice. Yeah. Um. So yeah, when he says stuff, sometimes it's just like, "Here's this," and it, it's so like he's not leading us into it. He's just like, "This is this," and we're yeah. like, "Oh my." Oh, this is great. Yeah, he does. Yeah, you're right. It, it doesn't feel like there's a ton of buildup. He'll just say it, and mm-hmm. you're like, "Damn!" Like, yes. I feel bad because like I've gone to several open mics where it feels like he's not getting a ton of laughs, but I'm like, everything he just said mm-hmm. was so good. Because I again, I think there's sometimes that like he'll say something without little to no buildup. Mm-hmm. And it's just in your face, so and it funny. just goes over people's heads. It's like, oh, that was so clever, he, he's so good, so good. Even I mean, even little things like one of my favorite jokes still from him, such like kind of a one or two liner. He was uh, last summer. He's like, uh, I don't. There's I don't know if it's barbecue season or Arizona's just on fire again. <laughs> <laughs> like I do remember that. One. I was just like, it's so perfect. Just yeah. I don't know. It's so simple. Um, and like he won't like just, linger on anything either. He'll just keep no. going. And I feel the same too, in a way, about uh, Robert Eister. Have you oh, listened yeah. to it? He is like, and he'll just, he was one that helped me in the garage too, because I could tell that he started writing his set based on what other people say, were saying. So yeah. not like taking what they were saying, building it. It was like, oh, that, I didn't premise that like thing you talked about. I'm going to do my own idea on this and tell this story about it and yeah. like build that. And I was like, oh, that's okay to do. And so I was able yes. to do that a lot without like stepping comedically on anybody's toes or be like, Oh, I'm saying this better than you. You know, it's like, Oh, I just have my own idea about this and I'm yeah. excited to say it. And that's like Robert Eister was really good at that. He's so good at exactly that. Just picking up what someone else talked about. Quick, um, yeah. Two of my favorite, like two of my favorite memories. And I, it's hilarious now that I said favorite memory. I can't remember the first <laughs> one. Um, the one, it just happened recently at an open mic where, um, I, I had this joke and I, I don't know why I, I think it's so funny to like say in the wild, like just when it happens like out in person, yeah. but in the the, wild. yeah, in I the like wild. That. Um, but like I had this joke about like this lady, which actually happened that I was like driving on central. Um, and she was like flashing people and then like pointing them out if like you oh looked and I'm like. I've never not looked at titties oh in the wild. My like God, that, the titties in the like, wild. Yeah, you like, gotta look at the titties in the I wild. Like, man. I was like, if there's gonna be titty out, I'm gonna look at titties gotta in the look wild. At titties. And, <laughs> and she called one of my, or she called that out. She's like, I think that's gonna be my next, or if I ever have a special, that's gonna be what it's called, is titties in the wild. And I was like, oh, I felt so honored, like I in that moment. That. I was like, I was like, wow. I was like, I just felt like just and so uh, pumped, Period. you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like somebody heard what I said and is taking that titties in the wild. I was talking to Neil last night about um, 
well, I saw a dick in the wild once of like flashers, like people who yeah. flash, and that's like because you're talking about different, you know, people's things. Um, and this guy would come into this one store in Topeka, Kansas, when I lived there, uh, and they only had one door, and it was kind of like a Buffalo Exchange. And I walked into a dressing room, and there was a man with a trench coat, and opened it, and mm-hmm. like flashes privates at me, <laughs> and I was like, oh fuck! And I go tell the people, and they're like. Yeah. And I can't remember his name. Maybe it was like David. They're like, oh my God, David's here again. I'm like, how did you not see him come in? There's like four of you working. Yeah. He There's one door in and yeah. David's just chilling again. Like, that's okay, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, that's some dick in the wild. Fucking, yeah. <laughs> fucking David. Fucking David. Fucking David dick in the wild. It's <laughs> insane. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Can I, I well, sorry. Can I have one more beer? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. Wait, can I grab something? You can have uh, anything. Go ahead. Unprofessional. No, you're good. Uh, I'll take like? another seven. Another seven K. Let's keep it. Keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling. Can That's I smoke this? In Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Make yourself comfortable. Do you? Sp- no. I I don't. Um, I get drug tested. So. Oh. Yeah. So I'm like, I would. Um, drug tested. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I've snuck it before, and I just feel like paranoid for like a month because I'm like. Yeah, I don't you blame know, you. I'm like. I, <sighs> even my dad, who was in the park service for like 42 years, and he was smoking weed before that for sure and then during i knew he like wanted to but he never did just in case and he yeah probably got j- drug tested maybe once every three years yeah. and especially not when he was older and now he's retired he's like maybe again well and i think that ultimately our company will relax our policy the only issue is that i do drive a company vehicle oh yeah because he might be in the and, and i've had that before so like beginning of pandemic i was like i should definitely smoke some pot now yep because in my mind i was like they're not drug testing anyone. They don't want to get rid of anyone. It's There's true. no way. I was oh, like, yeah, a lot of companies, um, even across the country, like drop their drug testing things just because yeah. they wouldn't have any fucking employees At if all. that was the case. Yeah. I mean, a, what a fourth of our country, maybe less, is becoming legal now. So right. it's hard to do that. Um, yeah. Will that change then when it's legal for your company? I don't. I don't know about um, if you get in an accident. I know as of right now, it's not. Um, and that was the thing is that when I wanted to, I had pot, I got it from a friend, mm-hmm. had plans to smoke it, plans got canceled, had it in my drawer. <laughs> and then like a couple or not a couple days later, um, like a month later, I got in a fender bender, got rear ended oh, and, and like not big. Uh, my vehicle had no damage. Their vehicle had no damage. Yeah. I had to report it because it's company vehicle. Right. And so then like... The next morning, because it happened at like five o'clock. Next morning, seven a.m. when I get to work, have to take a drug test. Mm. And I, like that moment, I was like, "Thank God I didn't," because I have a pretty solid Jeez. job. So I was yeah. just like, "I don't." I that's the only reason why I don't. And I totally yeah, with the job and even with the comedy, like if you have a good job and you care about it or whatever, it's like to even Amory Castillo, Castillo was like. Help me in things because when I started, it was like I definitely felt like I had to be at every mic or it was like FOMO of some sort or I was yeah. like I was letting myself down yeah, in the or, future. Yeah, you have a feeling of not being dedicated. Yeah, or yeah. like maybe, yeah, something. And um, But really, I'm only proving to myself in a way. And so now I'll miss some mics and Amory Castillo says like take care of yourself first. And so did Royal Wood actually. And they're like comedy will always be there. Yeah. You know, when you're ready, it's there. Yeah. But um. 
you know, your own finance, your own things like that are like way more important first. I say that, but I'm a broke ass comedian. So <laughs> I mean, whatever. I don't need anything. I'm a minimalist. Yeah. It's like I could survive anywhere. I, I like know. to feel like that too. Um, but then you look around, like I, my whole walls are like decorated and stuff, and I'm like, <clears> I, I do felt... have a storage unit. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. You're like, yeah, decorated. Yeah, I like all this stuff on the wall. These albums are awesome. You guys aren't here, but uh. A lot of good albums. Yeah. So, oh my God, George Strait. I used to think my dad was George Strait as yeah. my, as a kid. And really? He, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we had a poster of him at home for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know. My dad has played some of his songs, and for me in my head, they looked alike, and they kind of at that era probably looked a little bit alike. Sure. And uh, when my dad would leave on like trips for work and stuff, I would like cry at the poster and be like, "Dad, come home!" <laughs> and um, and then he did, <laughs> yeah. And then years later, after I realized it wasn't him, he actually my dad was at uh, Joshua Tree. George Strait played a concert. My dad was his security, and he was like, "He's shockingly short." I was like, "Oh, sense." My dad's like six foot, but uh, oh, okay. But the I guess George Strait was short. Anyway, so that affirmed in my mind they were in the same place at the same time. My yeah. dad could not be George Strait. It was like a Hannah Montana. It, yeah, Hannah Montana thing it's, at that point. It's funny that like uh, your mind went to Hannah Montana. My thing was <laughs> Spider Man. I was like, I was like, my dad's not Spider Man. Like I saw Spider Man <laughs> and my so dad at funny. the same time. Like, but that uh yeah oh man i didn't grow up on the hannah montana but those i and oddly i did like you're I, that age though yeah that's your age group that was i was too old for that i yep you guys had like that and like the drake and josh and um drake and josh i used I to actually, babysit kids and they were around that age i actually that was uh i was so nervous so the first time i ever did uh an open mic i just did three jokes like i didn't i really didn't have anything i just was just like yeah. i wrote three little things set them and just went um next time like i made it a point to like really write some stuff and i was like all right here we go um and i don't even remember what i was gonna start with but i don't know if you remember the the night that like the fake michael jackson oh yeah i was pictured- there. <laughs> yeah he, uh, like yeah. and he like did his dance and stuff that was cool but uh everybody got on the mic and talked about michael jackson like everybody mm-hmm. did mm-hmm. and then like i like look over and i just see this dude who looked like drake bell uh, like i just so thought that was him i was yeah. just like oh my god and i didn't tell like even like my friends that were there like i didn't say anything i was just like i was in my mind i was like i'm taking a huge risk right now but i was like fuck it and i was like i was like guys we had a celebrity and like uh, i'm not mm-hmm. even talking about michael jackson i was like look at the last poll this guy looks just like drake bell <laughs> and then like Everyone was like, oh, and then... Wait, I do remember... Yeah, in yeah. the back. Cause, yeah, okay. I started singing, like, the theme song, yep. and then people kept going. I was yep. like, oh, like... This is your... Cl- yeah. yeah, I was <laughs> like, like oh, okay. I was oh, like... that's a good one. I was, like, glad that it worked, but I was that's like, so funny. damn. It, I don't know, like, even looking at it, like, now I'm like, that... That could have not worked. That worked because <laughs> mine didn't work because people were calling out to people in the audience. And I remember that because I called out to somebody like I was like, oh, we got Aaron Rodgers and his like Kardashian girlfriend. Something about that. Yeah. And their whole table is just like it was like a lot of people with contouring on their face and like, yeah. you know, a lot of button ups with boat shoes. I don't know, but, what, so. what is like have you ever like gotten someone in the crowd that, like just you just like saw them? And you're like, oh, shit, dude. And then you was it is there any been anything like that? I had to talk about in the crowd. Oh, my favorite, my favorite probably was in, and I'm I'm not great. It's still one thing I'm getting used to is like crowd work and stuff. Uh, yeah, I um, I think it's so impressive when people can do that. Yeah, I to don't go from it. Like I'll come a little bit and kind of incorporate a little bit, but for me to just be like, hey, you, yeah, and start off fresh from that and not be a part. But there was a time in Santa Fe, and I just found that recently online. I got it sent it to Larry. 
Um, one of my favorite shows, like 150 people at Tumble Roots, uh, the Wayward Comedy puts it on. But there was this couple, a great theater, uh, elevated stage, and a table right in front of this couple who looked around my parents' age. Mm-hmm. Or so, and I'm I'm just telling my jokes, and I end up telling like a sex jokes, probably something about squirting. Sure. Uh, and um, and then I looked down at him, and I was like, "Hey, sir, I'm really sorry that you know." Oh my my. Oh, shoot. I think my headphones cut out. Hold on. I uh. Oh, it heard me. I, I don't know what. See, I apologize. I said I'm sorry. My mic went out. I. I don't know what just happened, but uh, that was weird. That was a man. Talking. The equivalent of uh. Apple's uh, Alexa, because I don't want to say the name, popped up. He told me not to apologize. Even yeah. a machine is telling me that. Yeah. This is a yeah. sign from the universe. <laughs> what the fuck? The this machines. is like, I was like, yeah. I, I immediately went, I'm sorry, my mic went out. <laughs> yeah. And it went, no need to apologize. Yeah, exactly. No, no need. Um, oh, my, oh God, my gosh. That's fucking that, hilarious. That was awesome. Oh, my God. I want to sound clip that for Jared Ostrom, <laughs> The machine, The machine was like, hey, uh, we're good. You you're didn't fine. do anything wrong. Girl, you're fine. <laughs> Chill. He was right. Oh, my, gosh. Oh my God. Like you heard, we are writing a sketchbook. Or he wrote the sketchbook. Sorry to apologizing. Anyway, so <laughs> my oh, crowd man. work thing. But uh, so Santa Fe <laughs> and the old couple in front. And I stopped and I was like, sorry, sir. Like, you look around my dad's age. And he, like, won't come see me do comedy. And, and now I'm seeing wine. I'm sorry. And I was, like, apologizing to him about that. I was like, well, you know what? Will you be my surrogate dad for the night? <laughs> and that was like, I had like a 15 to 20 minute set. So that yeah. was like five minutes in. So here and there, I'd be like, right, Papa? And like looked at him and just like kept bringing them into like yeah. parts of it. Like it was, yeah, which was uh, fun. That's, that's so impressive. And uh, I think that's awesome that you could just keep going it like, was, back to that. And that I think was one of my favorite shows because that was probably one of my loosest, funnest yeah. feels where I was just fully just felt like in the moment yeah sometimes you know you can dissociate a little bit or like the nerves play on you you're too much in your head but when you're just like in the moment on yeah. stage is ooh, feels so good and that was one of those shows where I was like ah, i gotta take that out like that feeling to other stages and emulate that yeah i feel like i constantly am worried about where i'm going mm-hmm. and i'm constantly saying words but i'm thinking like five or six words ahead yeah and every time I do that, I don't feel even if even if people think I'm funny, I don't feel confident in what yeah. I'm saying. You uh, have you read it? I left it in my dad's truck. I'm almost done with it. The Steve Martin book, uh, Born Standing Up. Mm-mm. It's so amazing. And even if you're not a fan, even in like the first ten pages, he says something about that. And I'm probably not doing it justice about like as a comedian, you have to be in the moment, but in the future. And then mm. also like playing this in your head and like it's this whole crazy like juggle you're doing up there. But when you get it right, like it's like yeah, such it's... that sweet spot. But yeah, you have to kind of put all those factors together and kind of make it run. It's it's wild, though. Yeah, I do that even in life. Slow down, Carla. Yeah, I think I talk too fast sometimes, <laughs> yeah. even on stage, because I'm. Like, I don't want to waste their time, and I yep. got to get to where I'm going so that it makes sense to them. Like, hurry up, Carla, finish this up. So I'm definitely trying to slow down more on stage. Like <laughs> I think that is the best bit of advice because jo- I, Josh Fournier and I talked when I bought one of his shirts, and uh, I was just asking him, and then he, um, he said that. He's like, sometimes, like, you'll hear murmuring or whatever. He's like, and I'll just stop and just pause. And he's like, and you will know right then 
whether people are listening or not. Yes. They'll either stop and turn and look at you or they'll yeah. keep going. And uh-huh. he's like, if you, if they don't listen, he's like, you can kind of just go fuck it and do whatever because mm-hmm. they weren't going to listen anyway. He's like, but sometimes you have their attention. He goes, all right, game on. Dude, yeah, that makes sense. And you can, yeah, you can control them in the silence. Like Troy has, Troy Wilson has a joke about that is like a lot of the laughs are even in the pauses between jokes. Because sometimes you have to wait. You know where you're going, but they haven't put it together yet. So you yeah. got to kind of wait for them to process what you're saying. And then even times, yeah, you take that moment, see who's with you. You sometimes get like follow-up laughs where yeah. somebody got it. And they're like, yeah, you, you're with me now. Okay. But if, but if you kept running, yeah, they're you, already thinking of what you're saying. Then. Yeah, and you would have lost them. And they're like, wait, where are we now? My sister, it also reminds me, she's a sixth grade teacher. I've called her on the podcast, Mr. McMasters. Um <laughs> Geneva she uh she's a teacher now but uh she has this thing where if the kids are being too loud she'll kind of a loud whisper and go if you can hear my voice right now raise your hands yeah and everybody who can hear raise it and everybody else like looks like an idiot because they're still talking loud and they didn't hear and they're like oh and everybody quiets down yeah so that's kind of that Joshua is like just let that murmur right out and see if they're with you let let the silence eat Mm -hmm. um didn't Amory also say on your podcast that like she'll just talk without the mic? Yeah, I love this about Amory. She did. I think that's oh, so bold. It's so funny how she does it because her gesture, where even when she's not trying to get people's attention and she's just trying to make a point on the joke, where it, like you can tell her she's ramped up in the joke and her energy is going, and she's already like right here, and then she'll put the mic down, and just go, "Don't you hear what I'm saying?" Yeah. Just like you know, just like. <laughs> And then be like, anyway, blah, blah, blah. like just do these like real outbursts of like, blah, 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 like real off. But you yeah. can hear her because she's like projecting and kind of yelling. Yeah. But the mic's down by like her waist or her knees. And yeah. it's the I love when she does that. Just her body language is so she, she hilarious. She's so good with the timing of it. She's so good. Oh, and she's another person, too, that I look up to with really feeling um, the room. She's very in tune with the room, which is something I'm trying to do more because at first I definitely even as a person I'm like I'm thinking my brains around my eyes are darting I'm looking but I'm looking up so with comedy I have to like force myself to kind of scan the room and see what the feel is because if you can catch people's eyes too they will they're more invested in listening to right. you even if you don't like you don't want to stare at them too long because then they're like why is she telling this yeah, joke this just is, to me this is tough <laughs> yeah, yeah that gets awkward but um but you just keep scanning back and forth not looking up it, or down if you do have to like look away look up rather than down because you kind of lose them or shut off to them if you look down yeah and that's something else i'm definitely working on i didn't even think of that but you're right it's and I, I do that a lot where i'll just look straight down mm-hmm. i look i look down at my feet a lot i, I think i think it's like my comfort i look area. yeah i look at the court a lot um yeah. And then sometimes when I'm not looking, I'll like venture too far at the end of the stage where I, and I don't know why I like it. It gives me a, a bounce where I'll put my foot where like Over just the, the ball of the foot. Yeah. Where yep. my one foot, like the ball of the foot is and my toes are hanging over. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And when I talked to Karen Carson on my podcast, she said that was something she heard. Oh no, she was in a class for comedy and they said like, take up space for sure. You know, like. And women definitely like close down on stage. Mm-hmm. It's a weird thing that happens. And Jess would point it out. And I was like, oh, man. But we got to be more confident, open up, and then approach the end of the stage. Because yep. if you're too far back, they're just like, oh, they're that sh- reads without them even thinking. It reads like they're unapproachable. They like are insecure, whatever. But right. you command them if you're like at the edge of the stage. Well, and not only that. 
and and all of that makes complete sense. I'm not disagreeing with that at all. Mm. But yes, and <laughs> but yes, uh, the the thing about that as well is I've not been to an open mic where people are like right on in front of the stage. Yeah, everyone's so far back. Dude, so if you are at the back true. of the stage, even if the stage is small. That's you are so much further back from it people. It looks huge, the difference. Yeah. And because um, you started during kind of, or the end, well. It was it was literally 20? right um, at the time period where it they were releasing that if you got the vaccine, you didn't have to wear a mask. So like a year ago almost. Pretty pretty close, yeah, like April or start, May or yeah, so. Yeah, you started show up at Insider around then. Yeah. Um, and that, because before tables were closer, people could be closer. So mm-hmm. it did, you're right, I didn't even think about that. That has Every changed. Every time I've gone, You do feel like, so, why am I so far away? I, and like, that's the thing is. Um, I felt like. <laughs> uh, yeah. Inside out kept moving further and further. It anyway. really did. Sorry, I, <laughs> even at the, no, you're fine. The Even at the, like. I think the last time I went was like September, so mm-hmm. it was pretty close to because they're, they're not doing it right now at Inside Out, right? Um, no, oh. yeah, it's in Founders. It's in the basement of El Rey Liquor Store. Oh, okay, so if you want a Monday mic, I need at to go to that 830, one. Eight thirty, sign up. I think it starts at nine. There's one at Lizard Tail before that. that uh, that's the one thing that like I do. I have to like just mentally prepare for every time because mm-hmm. like I I do wake up at five thirty in the morning. That's like, insane. To go to work, so I'm like, what and, time do you get off? Uh, I get off at like five. Take a quick nap. Yeah, it's, and see, like I need <laughs> you to. Can. Like, yeah, like I definitely, I definitely could do that. I just need to, I need to wrap my head around it. But for um, sure. yeah, no, it hard. just, it just felt like that. It just felt like inside out, mm-hmm. like because they got rid of tables at one point too, or like yeah. they removed some. Yeah, they removed. The, they kept moving, removing more and more tables. I felt like I was like, what's yeah. happening? I did the. Uh, oh, I almost forgot about the Halloween show with the Gallagher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, at first, I was like, I'm going to hit people with the... And then I'm like, no, they're 20 feet away. Nobody's so going to feel my watermelon. Um, that's why I threw a tennis racket candy and I think grapes at one point into the audience. I yeah. don't know. It was a fun show. But uh, yeah, they kept moving and moving. At Founders, though, now, even though I love in this first place I started, I kind of hang out in the back because it feels... Not that I'm like all scared or whatever. And if I die, I die, whatever. But uh, I feel like it's like a COVID coffin. Buck D mm. said that. I was like, oh, it is. Because it's a very low ceiling and it's a basement and it's a very small room. But it's a really rad room. The energy is awesome there. And it's still... Uh, it's Holly's mic as well. And, um, oh, okay. Kurt. But you, if you want a Sunday mic, there's a Sunday mic. And if you want to go to the garage on Saturdays, we have the garage on Saturday nights. So. You guys do the garage on Saturday nights. Tuesdays and Saturdays. So okay. tonight, oh, even if tonight, if after this, you have, yeah. I know you got to work early. But yeah. Saturdays, Tuesdays and Saturdays, we do it. Tuesdays after the Juno mic, at, okay. uh, Royals mic. But yeah, if, you, if you're ever confused about mic times or whatever, hit me up. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. If you're I, confused about this thing, I mean, I know most of what's going on, I guess. Yeah. I've, I need, I was about to say, I'll, I'll use you as a resource for mm-hmm. sure. I uh, Definitely. And that's a big part of comedy is just reaching out. You have to. Like, even William Wheeler's, like, you've got to ask to be on shit. Something, or yeah. you've got to ask to be a part of a thing. Um, and then people including whatever. But, yeah, yeah we're all weirdos. And- yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of fun, though, because then you feel, you do feel that connection. You're like, all right, there's people crazy enough to actually try this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I, I fit in with that, like, crowd. Yeah. I, 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 back way back now, I think of it, um, to like the, the roast battles, I did it just to push my comfort zone. That's so great. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I can tell, like, 
you care about this and you want to do you know and you'll yeah. get to more when you can't put to put yourself in a roast battle like right away yeah Psh, that's badass like, it was it was insane and like the nice part was it yeah. really made me write like a one-liner it made mm-hmm. me because that's the thing is a you, different exercise yeah you don't get to like you don't get to drag stuff on like mm-hmm. i like my favorite joke was the the black magic one that i had and i had to make that concise yeah like you can you can have too that many words so there and it's too much i guess it's just black i was like oh, i felt so good and and the the crazy part about that too is like how you were talking about like you can't be like a like a sour sport about it i wasn't even i wasn't even worried about him per se and that that mm-hmm. sounds really shitty but i was worried about how the crowd would react to that and no, that's good because the crowd is who you're trying to impress or whatever. They get if they're sour, but they're in a roast battle. Get over mm-hmm. yourself. But it really, is you you are playing to the crowd. That's a good reminder because I'm doing a roast battle. So yes. I'm like just taking your yes. your advice. I'm like feed me more advice because yeah, it is playing to the crowd at the end of the day. Um, even Jess Wood and I were talking. It's like yeah, there's a lot of comedians. A lot of times we're watching each other, but. If they're rude to you or they say anything to you or they try to give you some really shitty advice or something that you're like, mm, this doesn't feel right. Just remember, you're not doing your comedy for other comedians. Really, I mean, yeah, right. maybe they're fans and maybe we like it, but you're doing it for the audience that's there. Yeah. And if they think it's funny, that's number one. If you're being yourself, you're whatever. So, yeah, and roast battle, that's a great – yeah, I just need to play for the audience. Because even with the Courtney thing, is like I kind of know her but not too much. Mm-hmm. But then I also don't want to – because I did notice something and nothing against them. I think it was like Caleb, a couple of the people, because they know each other so well at this point. Yes. Like we've know we've become overly codependent almost to the point where we like cash up each other money when we're out of gas or whatever, you know, like to that <laughs> point. But yeah, the, yeah. like they were bringing up almost inside joke, kind yes. of personal where, okay, that's funny, but it's not, it's kind of excluding or alienating the audience from what, you know what we're supposed to be laughing about so i did notice that they were great jokes they're hilarious i got them but maybe not the audience and that and that's the kicker right is like yes that like you just burned me and it was so good but no one got it yeah like that's yeah like i I didn't want got it but like i'm not the point yeah because you can tell even when the person like hurts the like not hurt but says something deep in the audience does good the other person's like yeah man i don't know that didn't hit yeah. them so i don't feel it I either don't feel like it either. yeah if the audience isn't down like i don't feel that um even courtney the other day i saw her and she was like hey so like you know it's all jokes right i was yeah. like yes dude <laughs> like yeah she's like okay she's like but don't be afraid to come at me i was like don't worry but yeah, i yeah. still i'm trying to think of jokes but it's like i have premises of things for her yeah <laughs> and that like that was the thing too in which I, I mean, I went through some duds, like, writing for uh, Prophecy. Um, yeah. And he was a great sport, by the way. You, I haven't even met him. You did four, three rounds or five rounds? We did three. Three rounds, okay. And everyone, like, on the group chat was, like, wanting to do five. Yeah, I feel I like, as an audience member, I yeah. like five. But as a roast writer, because best of five, that sounds better than best of three. I, I don't know. Even the last roast battle it went by way too quick to me. It did. It really did that, and that, and that's completely fair. I think the, I think the the way I looked at it though was like, or or, or not e- like not even like a perspective. I just I didn't have enough, so mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna have two complete mm-hmm. flops. You'd rather have three strongies than yeah. five iffies. Yeah, five and, iffies and, and yeah, <laughs> and like 
there were like and there's been some roast battles that have been too that like during the three the three jokes weren't that great mm-hmm. and so it's like okay so then we're gonna have five jokes that like aren't mm-hmm. solid either but there was like two groups where everyone else had just a back and forth and then like the the best ones of the night are the guys that just they don't even care they're just they throwing haymakers yeah. and all of a sudden they did like seven each you're like wow because they let them kept going yeah, yeah they're just like you guys are doing great and Do that's you, what they want yeah do you remember any of those battles who was in them i robert icer icer for sure could go I, on there icer yeah. just kept going icer is a hard one <sighs> to be like the once he got in the roast battle everybody was like oh Icer's the one Shit, i thought yeah. i thought honestly the last one it was probably gonna be like him caleb or jared yeah. no offense and nothing tyler tyler whatever he's in part of that too but i yeah. just even before i'm like they are like really write and care about the writing yes um and tyler's amazing like on the spot like yes. he can do shit quick uh yeah. witty as fuck but yeah they they're like writers i there's only a handful of people that i absolutely would not want to go against Ooh. jared is one of them yeah oh my god i don't ever want to go against jared jared still to this day has had the funniest roast i've heard from anyone and it was the tsunami. Oh joke. my god, the tsunami one was. I about fell out of my chair. I I changed many locations that night. Like I was running back and forth in the back. I like went up and down the. St- I was like, oh my god! Like other people were like hugging me about that joke. He, like, he shut won. down like, the crowd for like forty five seconds yeah. to a minute, like a full minute, and like it that's was that doesn't insane. sound that doesn't sound super overwhelming. But you start thinking of like how long a minute is and to not have anyone on a mic talking. And that one was like the energy was up that night. Yes, it, it was. And it was Jared's first roast before he won. Like it was his first roast battle. And uh, it was packed. Even the both upper levels yeah, I was, at Revel. I was up at like the top. I, yeah. I didn't think it was going to be that packed. Dude, guys, guys, go to Revel every Wednesday, 6 p.m., whatever, 7 p.m. I don't know. But yeah. they have like shows every Wednesday. But roast battles come in. But yeah, they open that. And it's probably 200 plus. I have no idea. The that whole thing was like, like you could people. feel the whole room's energy yes um which ah that was so good jerry's a a beast i'm just like help me right now (laughs) and then and then that's the other one is caleb mulkey Mm, who who mm -hmm. also had who probably who probably had the second best joke i've ever heard um and that was to josh fournier because josh had a joke that night about like tying a girl up um and like it was like a sexual joke of like oh this looks sexy like Mm -hmm. this particular knot and then like then talked about like how he would commit suicide with the same knot. Oh, so funny! And then Caleb was like, uh, "I was really worried about you, but then I realized that TPs don't have uh, rafters." <laughs> and oh, I fucking oh, lost it. I was like, "That, that was dude. so good." Monkey is so witty too. Like uh, he's like a, a, like mm, he's coming into his own for sure and has his. Yes. He's leaning into who he is. Yep. And it's working, and he's in unassuming killer like yes. people don't realize he's just stealthy and like on it he's like, got very uh, like anthony jeselnik oh, like vibes dude. to him in a way he does just like yeah. very hey i'm saying this and him and like um like troy wilson kind of has that too and i think mm-hmm. i don't know why i think for a while troy's like um reputation was exceeding him on people thinking like he was mean or creepy he's just very straightforward and yeah. he's also, his face doesn't show that much expression. That's not his yeah. fault, you know? And he's a very emotive, happy, like, friendly dude. Loves comedy so much. I lived with him for a minute. I might still owe him money. Yeah. Shout out to Troy Wilson. <laughs> um, but Troy, like, taught, like, kept me motivated, too, at the beginning of just uh, 
caring about the writing process a lot. Yeah. And, and he was one that, like, he booked shows here, and then he's like, I don't care what you say, just be funny. Yes. And I, I love that. And then I won, well, I won the two of the UCF, the Ultimate Comedy Fight Clubs. So hopefully those will be back because those are fun as fuck. What is, what is, like, the difference between that and, like, the roast battle? So the Ultimate Comedy Fight Clubs, that's where I like, had beat Buck D in the last one. I think it was Joaquin Luna and, like, Ian Ty Jamerson. Um, but it's – so there's three judges. The audiences also judge – <laughs> there's even boxing gloves on stages whatever it's three wait five five three minute rounds i don't know it's like yeah five three minute rounds so best of five but you have three minutes and so uh, say we're going against each other mm -hmm. they'd be like all right Tierney, you're first you have you can tell one joke basically about and usually they give you a topic so the first time i did it was money Mm. And anything to do, even if it was stupid, even if it wasn't directly, even if it's something to do with money a little bit, sure. you could do it. So like you would tell your joke, even if it was 20 seconds, then that same minute I would, you'd ta like tag me basically. And I would tell a joke. And then once I was done, you'd go until that round was up. And then the judges would decide who won that round. And then on to the next one. Um, and then, so it's only four people on the show. So it's like, like three battles total. So, so okay. if you have the first two and then the winners from those go on to battle. Okay. And you can go joke for joke about the topic. You can also use it as a roasting. You can talk about what they just said. You can kind of have rebuttals and then tell your so joke. The, the only so it's rule a little be, more old. Like, the only rule would be that the first person has to talk about this. Yeah. And then just it's, And everybody it's on has to that. talk about that topic, except for the okay. last one with the Battle of the Champions because it's the last four winners. Um, and it was kind of a free for all. And Aaron Time. Ian Ty Jamerson started, so I kind of started like, oh, yeah, blah, and I would think while he was telling a joke, what joke of mine does that remind me of? And I had already written out, like, 30 jokes that I could possibly pull from sure. for that night, just planning, like, what could I do, and, and keeping for sure a couple of really good ones at, at each round to try to win it, and then keeping the best of best just in case I got to that final. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I didn't want to use all of my best shit right, right away. Right. Like, you don't want to do that. And, and technically, you have to have up to like 15 minutes of material to do that show basically yeah. um and troy i was very honored when i was only like three months in and he asked me to be a part of it because i he just saw me out every night and i was writing way more then than i <laughs> am now like sure. i was just like way more green and eager um not that i'm not now but yeah so i was on that so yeah it, i like those they're fun and it's more about like my writing and other things and i can uh be on the spot about it and kind of improv a bit which i've done so roast battles are just like so like yeah lo locked and loaded do this i uh i'm i'm worried um because i know the guy nathan todd mm. um in which i've, I know I've never i've never met him and Ooh, i haven't seen some beef, okay like, i was like i've never i've never seen him perform mm -hmm. um and the other thing with like prophecy was like uh i had friended him on facebook and i followed him on instagram and it was yeah. like you you can see my stuff. I, I just mm -hmm. I'm curious. I, I I also like the research part of that too. Like what what dirt can I find on you? Yeah, what smart. are like what are you willing to show people? Um and I ended up finding the biggest parts of that was that he was a magician. Like that that's that helped hilarious. me out tremendously. So, um, I mean I've dated a couple of them, but yeah. that's hilarious. <laughs> it's it was like there wasn't a whole lot else he had like given me. So I was like, all right, like and then so like Nathan Todd I don't know how much he's on Instagram or social media at all, mm, even. Not too much. He, okay. uh, I'll give you. So, so I knew he kind of he knows my dad. Okay. Almost probably more than he knows me. Okay. They used to work with each other. Like 
he was doing city planning or something. And my dad was working for Petroglyphs National Park. So they were like planning some hiking trail, something. But they went on multiple hikes. Um, but he left that. Now he works at REI. He really likes okay. camping gear and shit like that. Um, I think he's around my age, like 35, 36. Uh, I feel like he's the guy who's like, you take to the family barbecue and then he like ends up fucking your stepmom or something like, you know, like he's really nice, but then yeah. unassumingly would like weasel in and like, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then look at you for like walking in and interrupting. You're like, yeah, he's like, what? Dude, I'm mm-hmm. fucking trying to get a nut in. You're yeah. like, You're easy. Like he's just so nice and cool. And oh, he speaks fluent Spanish. I found that out. He be like better than my Spanish. And I, I speak it fluently cause I have, Nice wow. catch. I am a wow. I have cat like reflexes. I that almost was just smooth. threw a beer off the thing. I'm yeah. so clumsy that I learned to be quick. That <laughs> no, that was smooth. For everyone listening, I have a I have this beer cabinet uh, that I've transformed into like my podcast station. Uh, not a lot of space, but maybe two feet yeah, wide. Yeah, that's Can was on one side of of it. Carla swatted it oh, and then caught it with her other hand, just yeah. like OBJ'd that bad boy. With my, I'm really good at left hand catching. I'm ambidextrous. Oh, okay. That's OBJ. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I know who that is. Good. <laughs> He's hot. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, that's yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm ambidextrous. I think also working in a coffee shop when you're clumsy, I worked as a barista for years. I would like almost drop the shot glass, almost drop everything. I end mm-hmm. up being able to catch stuff off counters. I don't know. You have to be. I, so I work for Admiral Beverage, we're a distributor here in town. I was going to ask, but I never know if people want to talk it's, about what they can work yeah. out with um it's whatever um but like my job used to be putting beer on shelves we uh, we distribute like miller coors Dang, that kind of stuff work out. yeah and so um we do sell singles well they come in bottles whatever well all of a sudden like i would drop something and like my reaction was never to catch it and i don't know why because like i didn't play like <laughs> soccer or anything but i would like put my down so like it wouldn't like hit the ground oh like yeah yeah that's yeah. smart too to like yeah i've done that with even my phone so it wouldn't like put my foot just out like so the slam. phone would yeah it would just kind of like uh bounce off my foot and like lessen the impact i guess yes uh, that's smart yeah i did did you play sports you play your football football yeah. football yeah. wrestling and track way way back i did uh whatever i'll tell you more about nathan later and give yeah. whatever but we <laughs> yeah. did um all the sports growing up like yeah even though we were in national parks like mm-hmm. all the sports were slightly there but i played co-ed everything okay yeah. until i moved to alamogordo in high school mm. uh did you know um i'm old because you how old are you right now 35 yeah i'll be 36 thursday okay sweet first yeah. off happy early birthday hey, thanks um Okay, so then the guys I know are like 31. Uh, I don't know if you know the Schimmel brothers, Chase or Chance Schimmel. I knew a Chance, but I think it was Chance Black, Schimmel. No, I don't know the Schimmel brothers. Okay, I was about to say, I knew knew those guys. um, Football players and stuff? No, just... um, I just... I I met them in college. Uh, Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it was like they were older than I was, um, like three or four years or something like that. Yeah, I uh, I ended up being friends with a lot of the freshmen though when I was a senior. I was like, a weirdo. Okay. I was just like, I don't like people my own age. Yeah. I just like <laughs> skateboard with the the freshmen here. <laughs> yeah, were you into skateboarding? Yeah, I did some skateboarding. I wasn't probably any good at it. I could yeah. like ollie up curve, like I could yeah. curve jump and like whatever. But um, a lot of my friends, like I always had a car. Like I got a car when I was like fourteen. Oh um, wow! Because the laws were different in the state uh, back then, but. 
we would also just do it for fun and tr- like go across the town and just skateboard and hit up different skate spots and I'd like film them or whatever it was. Um, I would carry the backpack because I wasn't doing tricks. So yeah. I was just like gliding. But yeah, we would hit up the base, Holloman base, um, every like Friday and then go bowling afterwards. But I could drop in a like small, you know, like three footers, whatever. <laughs> but I, I was, were you, did you skateboard? I, I feel like uh, everyone like that I went to middle school with had a minor skateboard phase yeah yeah yeah, it was i guess now it's so popular i don't know but i was definitely like the first to second wave of like the emo yeah whatever and everybody's a skate punk and everybody's an emo kid everybody's like loves you know all that metal and like yeah we hang out skate parks i hate high school yeah Um, exactly i i always like loved that like scene growing up so like I don't know when I was in like middle school or like even like elementary school. I was like, oh, those kids are cool. Like those kids don't care. They're cool. <laughs> no, we don't care. Yeah, yeah. I ditched a lot, but I would just go nap in a park like that. I, I wasn't even smoking pot. I was like barely drinking. Even my senior year, kind of started partying at like fourteen. Oh, there's nothing else to do. But then I was like hanging out with every group of people in town. Like Alan Gordo was like that. You go to a party and it was everybody. Like everyone the was there. Skate kids, like all the like you know the partiers that were athletes were there. It was like all the like Mexican gangsters and like yeah. the like hardcore black dudes. Like all of those people were there. Some cheerleaders. Like it was just a mishmash. And I have the bangs now that I had kind of back then. Yeah. Like the, well, right now they're pushed to the side, but I have like Betty Page bangs back then. They're like, you're just a weirdo. But then I would help them when they were like drive-bys and I'd be like a getaway driver. Some wow. weird shit happened back then. It was like, I'd go skateboarding and then I'd end up at parties, not with those people, but different group where like guns were being pulled and I was oh, having wow. to like drive away across parks while the guns being shot in my truck and like, I don't know. Uh, a lot of different scenes in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm malleable. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even like I've talked on the podcast, we used to spend summers in Compton, like at least a couple weeks to three weeks there. Go to Bakersfield, go to Delano, uh, or like around there, and then Santa Barbara, and then we'd go to El Paso, and then to Mexico for like oh, the wow. rest of the summer. So yeah, I just lived in places, people vacationed, and then went in vacation, then dangerous places I guess. Just, yeah <laughs> just keep going into like mm-hmm. different spots yeah we moved a lot so what was your favorite part of your childhood i would say i love the big i love big ben because it was the first time i felt a little bit um i was like a how old was i there i was too young i was like first grade okay but my parents would just let us go run free Mm. out into the wilderness and just come back when the sun is like above you and then we'd come back for lunch and then dinner uh but i i'd have to see ultimately living at the grand canyon was the best you lived at the grand canyon yeah like if you left my back door and walked straight for like mm, eight to ten minutes you would hit the rim of like the south rim they don't realize like when you go visit the south rim people don't realize there's a whole not giving away secrets spoiler alert um (laughs) there's like a whole different road you can take and it's very close to where everybody is at the rim but the high school like the whole school is right there it's hidden by trees and things there's a whole village there like all of the buildings where the national park rangers work like there's huge training center there for national park rangers albright training that my dad worked at anyway so yeah grand canyon was just like the best and i was like probably 10 no 9 to 12 there okay we stayed there for a little bit longer um i was building tree forts fucking around with you know my first kisses and just all the fun yeah that fucking around with tourists Mm -hmm. i guess um (laughs) a lot of fucking around with tourists like 
we uh do you remember those little like yak back recorders you were too young Yak back. Yak back. There was these little like handheld recorders of toy kid toys, and you could record like thirty seconds to a minute, and then like replay it. So we would record ourselves like just being, "Help! I'm down here! Help!" <laughs> and like kind of just climb down a little bit below the rock and like play it for me. <laughs> and like tourists are just like, "There's somebody down yeah. there!" Like freaking out. We got in trouble once because of that because yeah. apparently we were, yeah. But fun times at the national parks. That's insane. Shit. I couldn't imagine like. And every like tourist just wants to be the hero. They're like, no way. We were the ones that found Dude. a kid down there. Yeah. Like... A lot of shirtless German men. <laughs> there were a lot of them. I don't know why. It was like a lot of like Scandinavian shirtless, long haired Fabio looking like tourists there. I'm like, put a shirt on. You're in a fucking cafe. Like, yeah. Get your shit together. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. Tangents no, again. You're good. Life. Um, no, I really appreciate just all the tangents. Yeah. It was great. Like, um, how long have it been? Yeah, you can kick me off whenever. No, You're was, really uh, easy to talk to, dude. No, this is great. I and we get to do that. it again t- tomorrow. Yeah, so. I know. I'm pumped. <laughs> I, uh, well, and that's the thing is, like, I I don't ever tell anyone when we start. I don't try to, like, do any of that. Just because, like, I feel like if you do too much formality, then it feels too formal. Yeah, yeah. You know? I was like, so I, I like to just get going. And then yeah. all of a sudden you're like, oh, we're already in. So, yeah, even lately, I I don't know if you know, well, last two episodes of mine, I asked Slayer if we could switch the format. Not that it was, like, his idea. We're just trying different stuff sure. here and there. I was like, can we just, like, cut to me first after the countdown? I'll talk for a minute, and then we'll throw to the intro video. Yeah. And then, like, okay, now we're in the show. Because I've, I've noticed some other podcasts doing that, and it feels, as a listener, for me, it feels more organic. Um in a sense, but I like when you go into it. Also, I love your intro, sh- like your intro song. The I'm song. always just like jamming out. <laughs> like I, that song's about me. <laughs> yeah. I love that song. Um, I don't know if you know the story. Um, I don't. So I heard that. growing up, um, my mom played on a flag football team hmm. with, um, I don't know, 10 other women or so. Mm-hmm. Um, There's one woman, Casey. And I don't know if she was dating or if she's already married to this guy, Tyson. Well, we knew, but we knew Casey first is why I mentioned that. But um, Tyson had uh, an entire rap album. Oh, sick. And we like knew him. But mm-hmm. if you saw him, he's just like tall, like a six, three white dude. I'm assuming. Kate, yeah. But yeah. like that in Tucson. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, just not, <laughs> you, you wouldn't assume that he like rapped or whatever. <laughs> and I had listened to like his entire album. And there's some deep shit on there. Like, you're just like, whoa. Like, that dude, like, uh, back to, like, even the writing process, it's like, no, that dude's, like, writes a lot. Mm-hmm. And writes some. rapper, that's, yeah. Yeah, and writes some deep shit, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I always remember, though, there was my favorite song. It was, like, the second song on the album, um, Gonna Write a Book. And the chorus goes, gonna write a book. You don't care if you read it. Yes, and make a movie. You don't care if you watch it. If you don't shake my hand, I'll put it back on my pocket. I I love that because that's cool that you know that person because I just didn't know if you grabbed it, if you made it. I was like, I just like it. It always gives me like, yeah, I don't care. I'm just going to put myself out there. Like, yeah. who cares? Like, it kind of, every time I listen to an episode, I'm like, yeah, empowerment. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like, a little empowered. I'm glad. Like, okay, sweet. So yeah, I'm glad you love it. I dig it. it. I do. I, I uh, yeah, I, I've shouted him out several times like i i mean it's it's such a stuff, such yeah. a fun song and and to some extent like i don't i'm not gonna get like all um uh, what's it not like romantic i don't I, um 
sentimental about sentimental. it. Yeah. Do it. Um, but, but at the same time, like I, when I first heard it, I was in like the sixth grade mm-hmm. and I always just thought that was cool. Cause I was like, he was that type of person just like, ah, like you can take me or leave me. Yeah. And I was like, I like that attitude of like, I just like doing what I want to do. I And yes. if you want to watch, cool. And that's kind of like the thought with this podcast. Like, I'm not going to do anything crazy. Just if you want to listen, cool. But ultimately, if you don't like it, then it's up to you. I love that. Because so many times we feel like we're not enough. Or we're, or even Jess Wood and I talk about how sometimes people make things more difficult or harder or out of reach for themselves when it doesn't have to be that way. Like, just do what feels good. And then yeah. it'll show that you care about that and people will see that and respond to that more than you trying to like force something out there of like that's not you um yeah, yeah i like that I, I like i said i struggle with i guess imposter but also um again i just never want to it's harder to say that as a comedian i never want to uh, create ill feelings in somebody else mm. like just like um even for example like if i even took massage therapy school and i was so careful about my cuticles and even still am in case I'm just like accidentally rubbing somebody or Troy Wilson's always like my neck hurts like rub my <laughs> shoulder and I'm like apologizing about just like cuticles and somebody's like why are you because in case it hurts yeah y- your skin or what I don't want to offend you so it's like I don't want to infringe on somebody's like happiness and their whatever so I don't know but at the same time it's like then what is my happiness and if I reach yeah. my happiness of putting myself out there then I will shine brighter and other people will be uh not even attract is kind of the law of attraction of like just attracting what you want in life um but yeah i just i got some back and forth again another carla fighting herself on these like just do this you know this is what it is and you've you know logistically whatever you've rationally thought about this and then the other mind's like but what if and it's like yeah and like shut up be a little small part of yourself (laughs) like "Ah." i i felt like a did did you ever feel like that like when you had like your first show like pe- like post open mic that you're just like I shouldn't be on that card like I shouldn't be on that yeah. show yeah there were times um I had to change my feels on that and I was kind of in the middle I don't even remember I think it was probably Kevin Kennedy Red Velvet he just like threw me on my show first show but uh goddamn it was my other like first show but yeah even doing shows with like. Sarah Kennedy or Josh Fournier, any of the oh, I'm missing Sarah Kennedy. Fucking Sarah Kennedy is just like uh, our godmother of comedy. Here. Yeah. Like you have no idea. Her and Kelly, her wife, are just huge supporters of this. Just oh, amazing, amazing people. Um, but being on shows with her, I was just like, ah. But actually, those people and being with people who are just right, you know, like where you want to be. If you can like vibe with them in that, then it pushes you higher up. And yeah. I started realizing like I used to not even at the Gong Show like old Carla used to would have been afraid to go up after Josh Fournier, oh. like right after that. But then I was like new Carla, like whatever evolving brain was like, damn well he's already set the energy up. Yes. So I that's half my work he did for me. So all I have to do is just keep that energy up yeah. and keep them whatever, not let that wane. So as long as I can do that, I'll be okay. Yeah. And I did get whatever. But I think Elaine Jamar Gong and me like did an okay set before that, maybe not my strongest, but I wasn't intimidated intimidated like I was probably before, maybe a year before that, if I would have gone up right before Josh. So yeah, I guess uh. if you if you learn about the energy, because it really is all energy. It's it is because uh, I've gone after Josh and Zach and uh, Amory mm, mm-hmm. and like 
Amory, yeah, the first time I saw her, uh, you were on the show as well. Uh, she hosted oh, the yeah. women, uh, mm-hmm. uh, whiskeys or Wednesdays are for whiskey and women. Yep. Um, do you guys still do that? Uh, we're going to start again, but probably a different location, the Hall okay. of Spirits. I'm not sure. Amory is really busy with NFL stuff during um, Football the season. season. Yeah, yeah, and she's like, does stuff for the Vikings, all this. She's a sports comedian, just has a sports podcast, all these things, whatever. And she runs a bunch of fantasy leagues. Uh, so she now is done with that. So I think we'll start again next month, probably. Gotcha. It was before every last Wednesday of the month, but we'll see. Okay. Um, anyway, that was the first when, place you saw. Her. When I when they picked that up, I'll shout that out as well because yeah, I, I loved I loved going. I thought it was awesome. I was yeah, also I appreciate you supporting that. Wildly concerned when I started walking up, I was like, I hope they let. I was like, it would be un, like irrational or like it was an irrational fear, but I was like, they should let men in, right? I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. I want to watch these comedians. Dude, I was like, yeah. I, I want to watch this show. Yeah, because we were like, all women show. Does that mean? Whatever, but I wasn't even telling my dude friends. I'm like, come out because there'll probably be single women there with their yeah. girlfriends, and you can like, maybe I'll wing women you. Like, yeah. come on out. So yeah, no men were definitely. <laughs> it, yeah, I was like, yeah, I had an r- irrational fear, but um, yeah, she hosted. It was the first time I ever saw her, and she is so like amazing at just picking apart a crowd mm-hmm. i mean yes. she can just run with whatever and i'm like yes. oh it's so impressive she's so observant and so uh yeah she picks up on the energy of the crowd right even when like little shifts change where somebody's laughing a little different she's like hey you change what you thought are yeah. you now are you now against it are you like and plays into that i'm like how did you like out of everybody yeah. la- like notice that one person that you kind of talked to before was laughing different or something i was like that's so funny like yeah, and all those things right now, I'm just like taking into my arsenal of like things to work on. Of like, isn't that the wildest thing? Is that like, I don't know about you, but it like it hasn't ruined comedy for me. Again, I like comedy, I like everything about it, but I analyze so much more than I think I even just sit to enjoy it. I analyze yeah. every little bit of what's yeah. going on. I was even listening to a podcast with Tignatera. Tignataro and she was saying that like there's she'll go out to see friend shows but like even then it's like oh she knows their beats their style but always as a comedian you're picking parts so there's very few shows you can watch as just like a fan and sit back yeah even if you want to it's like that comedy brain pops up and you're just like yep. don't mean to be analyzing that or like thinking like oh this is or just yeah picking part how they made it work is like no just enjoy it for what it is yeah like, yeah and, that and, it's, it, and it's tough for that too right is. because you sit and like the, the best ones make me forget about it for a, a mm-hmm, little bit, mm-hmm. and then I'm sucked back in. I'm like, okay, why were they so good? Yes. Like, what is it that yes. they did? How did – was it the uh, the content of the joke? Was it the way they said it? Was it the um, the silliness of it? Was it the seriousness of it? Was it like – it's just all the yeah. little nuances of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, my Like, I tell everyone – because, like, I, I feel, like, almost guilty uh, as, like, an aspiring comedian – that I don't truly find Dave Chappelle that funny, <laughs> but I thoroughly respect his jokes. Like yes. I've, I've sat yeah. like, if yeah, you, yeah, yeah. if you get into a special and you don't laugh, like I've gone specials, not laugh for like mm-hmm. five minutes and I'll just turn it off. I've never yeah. not watched his entire specials. I don't, I don't think you're sacrilegious in that at all right? as a comedian. <laughs> um, I, again, bringing up Jessica, even her, like we watched it and she's like, Hey, there wasn't many jokes. She's like, I love Dave Chappelle. She's like, yeah. there weren't that many jokes. He's become such a storyteller that it's yeah. more of that. And and sometimes it feels like, 
I hate to say this. He's so comfortable up there that it sometimes feels disrespectful to the audience. A little bit. Does that yeah. make sense? No, a hundred percent. Um, well, he's like, this is just my time. And yeah. so like we talked about earlier, this you're, is you're here definitely, for me, for, sort of yeah. yeah. Instead of the, I'm here for the audience. Um, I want to entertain them. It's more like I know what I got. And, but I do respect him and I respect, uh, you know, I'm not mad as an LGBTQ person about his jokes. I'm like, guys, get the contacts. Like, look yeah. at the contacts. The A. Marie put the mic down. Yeah. Contacts. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so like, I'm not mad at him at all. But yeah, I agree with you. He's not somebody I look up to as like a writer yeah. or look up to as like, yeah, in that way. I know he's, you know, epic in our generation and all that. And I re- definitely respect that. Chappelle show so funny. Yeah. You know, he's a funny dude. But yeah, not one of my like, favorites yeah. at all. I, Who are your favorites? And I'll ask you more of this tomorrow, too. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so I tell everyone, like, the first comedian I really remember, because I, I listened to his entire special, and I just remember, like, laughing so hard. And, you know, I don't, like, I don't even think I understood that he was a comedian. Because hmm. I think in my mind, I was like, I wonder what he does for a living. And it's like, hey, dumbass, that's probably what he does, right? <laughs> um, it was Dane Cook. Oh yeah, Harm, yep. harmful if swallowed was like the oh, first yeah, okay. special I'd ever listened like, to. Yeah, mm, and I good. I just like I admired him so much, and then he came out with Vicious Circle after, and that was a good one. Again, I just was like so um, like astonished at like how he acted as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I there's you know whatever you, people say about Dane Cook now, but I he was yeah. the guy that like introduced it for me. So going back to like, is it funny? I think a lot of people can judge things as just a watcher and be like, well, I would have done, or I would. It's like, you are not that person. And that's how they make people laugh. Yeah. You could do it a different way in your own way. Don't judge somebody else for being like themselves. And I feel like he very much just like, you know, was wacky on stage and wasn't afraid of that. And for me, if any performer, music, comedy acting if they can really throw themselves into that and be there in that moment like we talked about like i respect that and i i watched all his specials and i have nothing you know people are like oh he sold out and then that was the era anyway with music and comedy it's like oh they sold out because they have a big special yeah or they sold out because they're on mtv uh or you know they're on the radio and it's like isn't that the goal isn't this the point is to make money at what we love and why are you trying to stop this person you're only supporting them until they make so much money right like what is that yeah no that that's an excellent point i i think the same thing because i still have some friends that are like that like they're like oh they're just they're too mainstream it's like wasn't like wasn't that the point like i'm obviously my ridiculous blanket here that i probably shouldn't have up but i'm a huge dance gavin dance fan they were a little after me but i do like some of their songs i but they were like slightly after they were more when i turned like more metal Instead yeah. of like the screamo emo whatever, yeah, post punk, post whatever. They're 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 my favorite. Like uh, I, that's a sick blanket though. I'll still like listen to like full albums of them, mm-hmm. but like if everyone started listening to them, I don't know that I would be like, oh, they're so mainstream. It's like, yeah, it's like that's that was the point. I I want my friends to like, yeah, that, you know, you're happy for them. Even uh, fucking what's his name? One of my favorite bands is Alkaline Trio. Like a little bit before I've heard that, of them. they were like. Post hardcore, a little bit emo-y. Their singer Matt Skiba has like a bunch of bands. Heavens is great, and but he's now um, in Blink One Eighty, like Blink One Eighty Two, I guess. Okay. Like, he took over Tom DeLonge's part. Okay. And all the Alkaline Trio people were like, "Ugh, I hate Alkaline Trio." Now that he sold out, went to Blink One Eighty Two because yeah. Blink One Eighty Two is more shit. like See, pop I punk. <laughs> <laughs> I would have caught that for you, but he yeah. um, he was more like went pop 
pop punk or whatever instead i was like dude fuck yeah basketball yeah. make that money bro like yeah. you're talented do it do, um, do your thing yeah but yeah alkaline true is my favorite i still listen to my sad bastard music my there you go <laughs> no emo was not that it's more like my i guess my sad bastard music is like the indie folk like like whatever. a when i think of like um, indie folk i always think of like modest mouse oh yeah like the modest mouse era like the bright eyes like uh death cab for cutie and death like, cab for cutie <laughs> oh uh, my God. those guys yeah uh i was really into also yeah like elliot smith and you know mm. all that like sad bastard stuff but then love metal and i don't know the whole scene love yeah. hip-hop love a lot of shit uh jazz who know. uh who introduced you to comedy like uh either either comedian or like someone a friend or whatever but like what what was like your so definitely my dad he always loved stand-up and had it in the house but i have to say there was this friend when i was in seventh and eighth grade anthony leon Uh, shout out to anthony he does listen to the podcast i'm on sometimes but we're really good with friends like in middle school and part of high school and you know acquaintances kind of whatever but we would sit together because his parents had comedy albums okay and they had a record player and we would had the old phone line with the cord or the curly cord and he would call me and put on an album and we would listen to it together like an hour just having me my ear up to the receiver and he would laugh with me or you know whatever and and that was yeah i mean i think that everything from like adam sandler to maybe carlin to like you know cosby maybe but uh a lot of bob marley as well on those phone calls but yeah just i think that friend and i really supported each other's love for it but my whole family and all my sisters everybody loves stand-up comedy and so it's fun in that way to be able to talk to my family and they understand and don't like they're not just like oh carla's yeah weirdly this is the only thing i've done that everybody's been like yeah we're on board with you i'm like what this is (laughs) Most yeah. times family is like, no, but they're all yeah. such comedy fans that they understand the grind and they understand just like what it takes and they also appreciate the art form. So that's very cool. And they know all the names of comedians I'm talking about, you know, and they're just like, oh, yeah, so and so. I'm like, yeah, get Do it. Do you have anybody, family or friends that they tell you, oh, you should write about that? Like, yeah. I feel like that's super annoying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Love my family. Like I said, they're all funny, but I'll go to Christmas now and people are just like, we'll say something funny. Like, you can have that. Yeah. You're like, okay. Like, yeah, let me jot that down. <laughs> like, uh, like, No, thank you. Or it's like, you don't even understand my style or you don't. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. In yeah. a way, I'm just like, Ugh. we have the people that are just like, tell me a joke. And it's like, Ugh. oh my God. doesn't work that way. Yeah. Tell me, tell me your, tell me your bit. Tell yeah. me your, your, uh, your, uh, what someone will, like will always tell me, um, like, tell me your set. Yeah. Uh, people you, right now, I always get to, um, what comedian are you like? Yeah. As if, you know, we're just, I mean, there's definitely people we probably, well, I should speak for myself, like I respect, but I'm not trying to emulate. Yeah, I'm not her. trying to be that person. I fucking love Maria Bamford, but I'm not at all like her yeah. on stage. You know, like we're maybe a little quirky in our weird ways, but yeah, I just see so yeah, how people are just like, oh yeah, who are you like? I was like, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> um, I shut down. Me? I seem like the like, worst yeah. comedian sometimes when people just like ask me questions. Like, eh. or you say someone and they have no idea who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you know, that like, too. Okay. It's like, well, you don't actually like comedy. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, Pablo Francisco. I was like, mm, no, just kidding. <laughs> I respect them. Good joke writer. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Anyway. 
Well, Carla, I really do appreciate you being on the pod. This has been uh, this has been a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, thank you for being the person you are. I do agree uh-huh. with you in the the way you said that you're light. Um, you just go up and you enjoy doing it, and it's very admirable, and um, it just it feels welcoming going up. So Aww, definitely dude. appreciate you being on the pod. Uh, thank you for having me, and we will talk tomorrow. We absolutely will. I'm very yeah, excited. Yeah, like I said, I always felt like you're a good person, enjoyed the podcast, and I, I – yeah, really, anytime somebody's like, come do this, I'm like, what, me? So yeah. I've got to get out of the But like, yeah, thank you for having me. It was a really fun conversation. So Absolutely. Looking forward to more. Yeah, can't wait till All tomorrow. Right, uh, yeah. Guys, another episode of Escaping Tyranny. Uh, remember, don't drink and drive. Go down on your partner and you're at the spot. Cheers. I'm going to write a book and I don't care if you read it. I'm going to make a movie. If you watch it, I'm gonna wave anyway. I could care less if you look, and if you don't shake my hand, I'll put it back in my pocket. I'm gonna write a book, and I don't care if you read it. I'm gonna make a movie, I don't care if you watch it. I'm gonna wave anyway. I could care less if you look, and if you don't shake my hand, I'll put it back in my pocket. I'm gonna write a book, and I don't care if you read it. I'm gonna make a movie, I don't care if you watch it. I'm gonna wave anyway, I could care less if you look. And if you don't shake my hand, I'll put it back in my pocket.